The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. But I want to say tonight's part six on the tape at the beginning. This is part six. All right. So however that ends up going. But if you're having trouble listening to any of that, if you, in fact you haven't any trouble, we would like to know uh, anything because we have switched webmasters, and you know she's beginning in this area, and I would expect her to have struggles. I would expect her to have adjustments to Kim had already worked through, uh, and so if you have any any issues with any of our stuff, any of our websites or anything, please let me know because I would like to be able to fix it. We want it as good as it can be. Once you be able to hear them, once you be able to transfer them, once you be able to put them to Facebook, once you be able to give them to people electronically uh, so that you can. Now, so far in part one, two, three, four, five, uh, I have preached on some of the characteristics of the kingdom of God. My father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. That's kind of been our takeoff phrase because he told us to pray for the kingdom. What, what will the characteristics or the conditions of the kingdom be? Well, first of all, I preached on it's going to be peace. The Bible says there's going to be a time of, of peace. It's going to be a time of joy, a time of holiness. Where holiness, there won't be some holiness, but holiness will rule. In fact, it'll cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. There'll be a time of glory. It's going to be God manifested himself for who he really is, and we'll be able to enjoy that. There'll be comfort. Uh, there'll be justice. Boy, we long for justice. There'll be full knowledge. Uh, we'll know even as we are known. I'm going to, we use so little of our brain now, and I, I use probably less than most of you, but I'll be, I'll be thrilled to be able to retain, retain what I learned. I thought of all through the years how the books I've read and how many books I've read, and, and, and I would just love to retain all of that to where I could say, okay, page 193 in this particular book, it says. I, I've known people like that. And I have to admit I committed the sin of envy uh, on them because but uh, every asset, I guess, has a liability. Most of those people did not know how to change a tire, could not handle a wrench, and God had given them other deficiencies to make up for their efficiency or over-efficiency in the area. Uh, and so I thought, well, maybe maybe I would rather rather do my own plumbing than to know the Bible, but I don't think so. But uh, open and free instruction. There's going to be open and free instruction. We talked about last week, no more curse. Woo, doggies, that's worth it all, no more curse. What will it be like to do something without Murphy? Murphy is my buddy. Murphy is all over me. He is by me. He is with me. 
I mean, I can't do anything. If it can go wrong, it will go wrong at the worst possible time. Isn't that the basic Murphy's Law, they call it? And, and if it doesn't happen, over and over and over. And I chuckle because the other day, I, I, my wife's, my wife's, you know, my praying for my wife's been going through a hard time the last 10 years or so. So, uh, and that's, that has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me whatsoever. But she, she's, I, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to really be a good husband. I really am. So she said she wanted to remodel our master bathroom. And I said, there's nothing wrong with this bathroom. It's beautiful. It's all the original colors we picked 15 years ago. It's got the original faucets. It's got the original everything. Everything works. It's beautiful. She says, I don't like it anymore. And so after hearing that for four or five years, um, no, after hearing that for a while, I said, let's, let's remodel. So I got in there and started ripping everything out. I mean, ripping everything out. I mean, I can't even tell. I couldn't even take a shower in an old shower. I had to go over to the other side of the house. And I got in there in one night, you know, after church. I think it was after church. Was it Sunday? I shouldn't have been working on Sunday. That's what it was. After Sunday, I got in there and I busted the pipe off in the wall. For, of course, me, I, I forgot to turn the water off. Because I was arrogant, thinking I'll never break the pipe off. Why would I ever do that? It broke off in the wall, splattered right in my face, flooded the thing. She's outside. Try- I, of course, I got my finger out telling her, don't turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. And I'm thinking, do you know where to turn it off and how to turn it off? Then as she's going out there, I'm thinking she'll break the real precarious little plastic turn off as she's trying to turn off in a hurry, turning the wrong way. Righty, tighty, lefty, loosey. I'm sitting there thinking about that. Does she know that poem? No more curse. No more righty, tighty, lifted. No more, no more breaks off. That's my second pipe I've broken off in the wall, by the way. I replaced my water here. It was supposed to be like a 30-minute boom, boom. Busted it off, took two days to fix everything. That was interesting. I'm looking forward to the millennium. I'm looking forward to the kingdom of God, brother. I bet you have really had it on the road, you know, tires busting, the cars breaking, and this happened, the air quitting, and all this other stuff. They get on the road like that. Things go bad. Well, there's going to be enough. And how about this? No more sickness. Talked about that last week. No more sickness. Doc, you're out of a job. That'd be good, though, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be good not to have one more person you got to look at? I remember when I came into Doc in 2011, I was in such bad shape. I just needed somebody to talk to. I sat in his office and cried. I had no place to go, nobody to talk to about. I said, I, I, I'm having such a hard time. And I shared with him some of the things I was going through. And he's a compassionate man and cared. And we talked and worked out a plan, and God used that. And uh, has really healed me, to be honest with you. Your prayers have been answered in that. No, no more handicap. No more handicap. No more handicap. There will be no handicap parking places in heaven. Now, all you people that handicap got handicap stickers, God bless you. I'm for you. I'm for you. Park here all you want. I'm good with it. I was, I was driving in a place just the other day. My wife said, there's two handicap spots right up by the door. I said, yeah, don't you know? I said, I should park in it. But then again, 250 bucks was a little expensive for that parking spot. And so there will be no more handicap. I'm glad for that. I see people that are handicapped, people that are struggling. I, I see Mike, Mike. I, I love Mike. I love Mike. But I'm for Mike being totally healed, man, totally be able to run down or be able to be able to like some of them pro football players, Mike. They do the 100 and what, or they do the 50 in four, four seconds, something like that, man. Woo! I mean, they're able to really do it. That would be great. Well, you know, maybe the first 10 years of heaven, some people are just going to be running the whole time. I never was able to run on earth, but look at this, man. I want this is something else. Oh, man, that's going to be good. No more handicap. 
And, and tonight I want to talk about there'll be safety. There'll be safety. Safety. My car has a burglar, our truck has a burglar alarm on it. My house has a burglar alarm on it. Uh, I have a weapon beside my bed. Um, my wife carries a weapon. Uh, we have concealed weapons permits. Um, I keep my head up where I'm when I'm going places to see what's going on and, and looking around. I'm not living in fear at all. I don't have any fear and a tinge of it. But I also am not blind to what's going on around us, carjackings and various thefts and things that are happening. Right now, somebody may be at my house with a U-Haul van taking Tyler's stuff. Stealing, tire, stealing Tyler's stuff because he forgot to lock the door. But, uh, hey, wouldn't make any difference, eh, man? If the place burnt down, we went down there and it was just black on the bottom, just black, you know, it probably would do me a favor. I could start over again. I have accumulated so much junk. But the Bible's true. The Bible, God's blessed me where I don't even have a place to put all this stuff. I mean, you know, my mom died and I had all, she had a lot of good stuff. And I looked, I went to my one brother and I said, you want any of her stuff? He said, I got no room for it. I went to my other brother and I said, you want any of her stuff? She said, I got no room for it. And, and I looked at my wife and I said, I don't have any room for it. My mom's stuff, we took five loads. I called the 20-somethings. You 20-somethings, you got room. I went to the 20-somethings, and I said, come over to my mom's house. Have what you want. And it was new stuff. A lot of us never even been. And, and I said, take what you want. After they took what they wanted, we took five trailer loads to Goodwill. Man, but there's no more security necessary. No more. We got security cameras in the gym, security cameras in the entrance, security cameras here, security cameras there. Why? We're just trying to be prudent. The Bible says the prudent uh, foreseeth evil and hideth himself. I mean, you're, not, you're supposed to be prudent. You're living in a time of a rough thing, but it's going to be a time of safety. Said, Isaiah chapter 41 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. For I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That sound familiar to you a little bit? Song came out of that, didn't it? Behold, all they that in, in, are, were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, Isaiah 41, 11, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shall not find them. Even them that contended with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I am the Lord thy God will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. I know primary, primarily that's Israel, but it's to God's people. Israel was God's people. Who are we tonight? We're people who trusted Christ as their Savior. We're God's people. And those promises in principle will carry over for sure. Uh, God's going to bless us and give us safety in the millennial period. Why in the millennium? Just think about many years ago in, in 2003, Cassava Street, where I was raised up, there was no farmhouse had Many of you young people won't know what this is, but they call them skeleton keys. They were a funny-looking key, and all of our doors were built in the 1890s, and they had not been changed, no remodeling. We moved in about 1960, uh, maybe 58. I moved in the 50, late 50s, and my, my, it was a farmhouse, you know, a 100-acre farm, a farmhouse, and, and they had reduced the land down around the farmhouse, and, and I remember... Tried to put those keys in, they didn't work. Nothing worked. The windows wouldn't hardly go up and down. They're all wood swelled up, old. They didn't want to go. The ropes, they had ropes with weights. You remember those 
one of those ropes with weights on them. They had those weights on them. And they had little, these little things at the top that did this, too, because there's no air conditioning. And, 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 and barely had heat. We had coal heat. I used to go down and stove. Well, you hated to be the first guy up in the morning. You had to go stove the, stove the furnace, man. Ooh, it was chilly. But everybody was in their nice covers. You'd be assigned to go down there and stove the furnace with all this coal so get it all blazing hot. And then I remember spring, how there'd be black coming up off of each register. The black would come up kind of in a triangular shape almost to the ceiling. And mom would say, it's spring cleaning. Remember spring cleaning, girls? Used to have to, what was it? Because when you had coal heat, the coal heat's fairly dirty, and it would cause your whole house, you'd have to wash the walls. I mean, when's it been the last time you washed your walls? See, we eventually converted to gas. Once we converted to gas, gas is clean. We never had to wash the walls again, never had to do spring cleaning again. I thought I was already in the millennium. going to be safety. We never locked our car. My mom and dad left their key right in the ignition, turn it off, leave it in ignition. How many did that here? Left your car? Yeah, look at that. We left our keys in. Leave them now. See what happens. It wasn't too many years ago, a car got stolen right out of our parking lot. A widow came out. Now, you know, some it was an older widow. And we younger people, you older people, forgive the younger people for thinking that you have lost your mind. I mean, we just, it just, after you get so old that most young people think you're, you're somehow mentally deficient, no matter what, if you are or not. So, I mean, this old girl came up to me and she says, I can't find my car. I thought, come on, here we go again. <laughs> you know, I'm probably 30 something, and I thought, well, here we go. We got a woman, can't find her car. Okay, we'll help you. And so we go over, well, what color is it? White. We go around the parking lot, look around the parking lot. Where'd you park? Right there. There ain't no car there. You sure you parked there? Now, you remember you parked there. You have a little bit of an issue here. She said, no, I know I parked there. I came, I drove my car there. And and then anyways, it was stolen out of our parking lot, used in a bank robbery. And they dumped the car after the bank robbery. I believed her then. It made the news. There was one guy who had a Ford pickup truck here. He came out after services like this to see me went out there and says, where's my tailgate? I didn't know this, but a tailgate's worth over $900. And so the Ford tailgate, all you got to do is lift it up, move it over, and off she comes. They put a lock on them since then. Now, now Dodge tailgate, I don't know if that's the way it is with Dodge or not, but that old Ford tailgate was gone. And he said that, and he went and bought one of $900 to get a new tailgate. Somebody stole the man's tail. One, one, one evening after, you're going to love this when I get done, aren't you? One, one, one evening after service, somebody came out and said, my hood's up and my battery's gone. I said, man, them deacons, I just can't believe they're out there taking batteries. But they took a battery. We've had a couple batteries stolen. You get any theft down there in Mexico on Camp Mia? You laugh, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, they bar. I don't wonder why they bar all those houses down there. I wonder why they do that. I wonder why they designed a house with a courtyard in the middle rather than the outside, right? I mean, it's because of theft. Folks, you wonder what it'll be like not to have any more of that. No more, wow, that's going to be good. That's going to be good. No more theft like that. Uh, we're going to dwell, save the Jeremiah or Ezekiel chapter 34, 27 in the tree 
of the field shall yield her fruit, and earth shall yield her increase, and they shall be safe in their land, and shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them out of the hand of those that served themselves of them. Amos chapter 9, verse 15. And I will plant them upon their land, and they shall be no more pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord God. I know primarily that's talking about Israel, and we're talking about the kingdom period. Why? Because the kingdom period is going to fulfill the thousand-year millennium. Next, next Sunday night, I'm, by the grace of God, I'm going to preach on Revelation chapter 20, verse by verse, in the first 10 verses, which will be the summation of this. And, and, and the, the, one of the purposes of the thousand years is to fulfill every promise given to the children of Israel by God that they would have a land, they would have a seed, and God would rule over them called a theocracy. So they go all the way back to Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 15. Abraham, he said, I give you, I'm going to make a great nation of you, and it's going to be, you're going to have a land, you're going to have a seed, and you're going to, and your seed's going to be like the stars without number, and you're, I'm going to rule over you of theocracy. And that has never been completely fulfilled, even in the zenith days of David, even in the zenith days of Solomon, that was never fulfilled. I've studied it. The land was never all given to them from the river Euphrates. No, no. To the Nile. No, they haven't had all of that. So if, it, if God said that that's going to be the land and that's the, that's the boundaries of the land and they've never had it, then what's the conclusion? It's in the future. Because I know one thing about God. He fulfills his word to every little dot of the I and cross of the T. God's word will be fulfilled. So the millennium's in the future. Uh, it's coming up, and it's, it's for the children of Israel. But we're going to be with them. Uh, Peter talks about us as a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. It talks about us ruling and reigning with Christ, not only those who are martyred uh, because they did not receive the mark of the beast in the, in the, in the tribulation period, but all of God's people in that thousand-year period are going to rejoice together with God over finally Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords and his, his vesture dipped in blood and it says the word of God, the living word, is going to be there. Ruling and reigning. It'll be a time that's never been before. Mortal will be dwelling with immortal. That's a strange thing. Right now we don't have that, never have had that. Are there angels? Yes, but they're invisible to us. Most of the time. And, but that time we'll be there, we'll be visible, we'll be in a body like unto his glorious body, and we're going to rule and reign with him. And the, and the Old Testament saints will be there, and they're going to be many of them, but there'll be physically a, a, a mortal people there. That are Some of them folks are going to be born in the millennium period, going to live 1,000 years long. Just like, what would be so strange about that? How long did Methuselah live? 965, right? That's right. 965. So back, it's going to be returned back to that time. It'll be a fulfillment. See, the devil thought he spoiled this whole thing. He thought, I'll get her to eat that fruit, get Adam to eat that fruit, and spoil the whole thing. Ha, 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 I spoiled your plan. You were going to have fellowship with these people, and I have ruined it. Now you're going to have to curse the very people you created because you're a righteous God, and I know who you are, and you're going to have to judge sin. So I'm going to cause you to do the judgment. All I did was tempt they took it, now you got to judge him, and God did. But there was a Savior come that was going to crush his old head. 
take, take his authority away from him and strip him and eventually shame him before all as he's cast into the lake of fire. It'll be a glorious day when the old evil one is cast in there. That's after the thousand-year period. At the end, we'll talk about that next week. There'll be no social, political, or religious oppression. Man, there's religious oppression. Even Mexico and the Catholic Church. By the way, the Catholic Church is not a paper tiger. The Catholic Church is no... Right now, they're taking kind of a laid-back approach, but really, if you get the Catholic Church where they got political power and they got muscle, you're a Catholic or you're nobody. You're a Catholic or you go to jail. And in the Inquisition period, they showed their bared their arm where you were a Catholic or they racked you and tried to make you deny Jesus. And man, you, still, you need to read some history. Man, if you don't read history, you're doomed to repeat it. The Catholic Church and their philosophy has not changed in any real measure since those period of time. Though they may not be flexing their muscle, they still have the same doctrine. Isaiah chapter 14 says, And it shall come to pass, in verse 3, In the day of the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow, and from thy fear, and from thy hard bondage, wherein thou hast made, been made to serve. There will be no social, political, or religious oppression. There'll be finally the rest of God there. Isaiah chapter 42 says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand. I will keep thee and give thee a covenant of the people for the light of the Gentiles to open their eye, blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from the prison and then that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time I have heard thee in a day of salvation I have helped thee. I will preserve thee. I give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth to cause to inherit the desolate heritages that thou mayest say to the prisoners, Go forth, to them that are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed in the ways and their pastures to be in all high places. Praise God. There's going to be a time of oppression will be over. Man, men are given to oppression. Man, no, no, animals don't oppress like men oppress. Then it'll be a time of longevity. It'll be a time of longevity. It's interesting that I've noticed by pastoring a group of people that our mean age in this area is about 58 years old. That's much higher than many other places. And by pastoring a group of people that are coming towards the end of their life, I'm kind of surprised as born-again Bible believers, and you believe that you're going to, do you believe that things in the future in Christ are going to be good? Then why don't you want to die? Why do you fight so hard? But we have something in us that wants to live. I mean, it's deep. It defies logic. If we know logically that Jesus waits for us on the other side, a new body waits for us on the other side, everything that I've preached about over, I've talked about tonight, waits for us on the other side, and the doctor comes to you and says, oh, Bobby, you got terminal cancer. And if you don't do anything about it, you'll be dead within two months. Now, if you take treatment, we can probably extend you for five years. And time after time after time after time, they choose the five years. Give me the five years, man. Give me everything you got. Shoot, every, shoot everything. Let me have chemotherapy. Let me have radiation. Let me do the experimental. I'll do the experimental stuff. I want to live. I've seen it. I was just down giving blood. At the Florida Cancer Specialist, the room was probably had 50 people taking chemotherapy in there. 
I'm with those old folks there. And by the way, that's, that, that crowd, I hate to say it, but most of them die. By far, most of them die. And I'm thinking to myself, yet we have within us that we want to live. Now think of a place in the millennial time when longevity will be there. Isaiah 65, 20 says, There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not fulfilled his days. For a child shall die a hundred years old. I mean, if you died a hundred, you'd be considered a child. But the sinner shall be a hundred years old and shall be a curse. There's going to be a time of longevity restored as Adam and Eve and that group before the flood had. By the way, work will continue. You say, oh, I thought this was going to be good. Work is good. Work was before the curse. Amen? Two things before the curse. He said, be fruitful and multiply. You can figure that out. Be fruitful and multiply and work were before the curse. That's before the curse. Man, oh man, I tell you what, I love to work. Work is fulfilling. Work is satisfying. Work gives you a purpose for getting up in the morning. Work also benefits you. Look, you work and people give you money for it. It's amazing. I still can't believe I get paid to do this. The deacon said, what? Hello? You do this for free? But the point being, I mean, really, I like old Sig Sigmund said, do more than you get paid for. Pretty soon you'll get paid for more than you do is an absolute truth. If you quit working for the money and you start working because it's just great to work and help people in your work, the money will come. The money is just a side benefit of helping people and doing right and encouraging folks. And I laid carpet. Think how many. I, I used to say I beautify the meek. I'd go in an old nasty place that, no offense, I know you people that love dogs. I look, God bless you. You know, don't go to another church. Don't do it. But I, I went, I just, you understand, I've been scarred. Have sensitivity to my, my scarring. I have, I have gone in home after home after home that was polluted by animals and had to take that old polluted carpet out and the pad out on my shoulder, leaning against my head with the dog urine on my side of my face and the fleas jumping out of the carpet on my head and clothes. I've had fleas coming up my white socks so bad they turned black almost as they began to walk up. You wonder why I don't have a dog? And cats, worse. You wonder why all my animals are outside? Seven, you do that 17 years. But I used to go in those places, and, and you'd go in there and rip all that stuff out and clean it, and then you put that new pad down there, and you put that roll out that new carpet, seam it together, stretch that thing all in, get it all spiffed. You walk out, you walk in there, wow. I beautified the meek. Wouldn't have been for dogs, I probably wouldn't have had a job. Dogs and kids, two things. Work, brother, work. They shall build houses, Isaiah 65, 21. They shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. Planting and building is work. What are you going to do for all eternity? You will not sit on a, on a cloud going plink, 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 plink. 
I don't know, there's a song we sing and talks about that, and I'm thinking, please, that's not heaven, that's the other place. I mean, you may be able to play like you've never played before, but that's not all you're going to do, man. I believe there is a theory that the universe is still expanding. I don't know if it's true or not, but I know God's a creator. And I know God, nobody with the power and the ability to create would want to stop creating, would you? Would you want to stop? If you got all that ability and power, would you want to stop creating? You think God's going to stop creating? You think he's created all he's ever going to create? He's not going to create anymore? I don't think that's who he is. And I think when, when we get rid of this sin thing and all those that don't want him and all those that are dedicated for evil get isolated in a place called hell and this universe can rejoice again without that area, without that seed, that those that serve God and the, and the seed of God and the children of God are going to get back to the original business of what he asked Adam and Eve to do was get in that garden and till that thing and make something, and let's do something. Glory. Housework won't be hard. Boy, it's going to be good. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Economic prosperity due to uncursed work. No more. My wife used to tell me after week after week after week, working hard and giving her. I used to, my, my wife is a trustworthy soul. She's a banker. She has good talent in numbers. So I said, you got that talent. I'll give you the money. You do the books. I'm the head of the house. I, I, I got control of the money. I'm still waiting for her to. Anyway. I said, how are we doing? She said, you're busted. Busted? She said, you're busted. What do you mean busted? I I can't be possible. You're busted. You got no money. What do you mean you got no money? I got to have money for fuel. I got to have money for eat this week. She said, you got six bucks. Do whatever you want. Six bucks, brother. Six bucks. I can't even go to breakfast. I said, what do you mean six bucks? She said, you're busted. You spend everything. I got so tired of living that way. But I lived that way for 25 years almost, just paycheck to paycheck, paycheck to paycheck, paycheck. It's okay. But I just got tired of it. I just get tired of it. I want to say amen to that. I get tired of just being close, tired of the last few cents, tired of watching the thing, tired of caring. I'm going to be glad someday when we don't have that whole deal. Glory to God. My wife will never say the words again. You're busted. I told her for all these 45 years, 44 years of marriage, am I mature enough? She says, what do you mean? I said, am I mature enough that you can tell me that you've been saving money all these years, that we are—we got a lot of money. She said, we don't. I said, I'm not quite mature enough yet, am I? <laughs> one of these, I think that one has been embezzling from me for years and years and years, and I think that someday, maybe on my deathbed when I'm sitting there breathing slow and the heart, just say, oh, by the way, Bill, I have a, a little confession, a little confession for you. I said, what? What? I got a million dollars. Thank you. Good. I was just faking. Let me have it. (laughs) Uh, New Harley, here we go. 
going to have no social and longevity work. We're going to have economic prosperity. We're going to have more light. The Bible says we're going to be luminaries, by the way. I don't have time to go into it. One pure language. We're going to have one pure worship. I'm tired of languages, brother. I go down, visit missions, and they're all talking, blah, 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 blah. I can't understand them. It makes me mad. Watch you guys speak where I can. I can't understand them. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Oh, I've prayed for tongues. People say you were speaking in tongues. No, but I wanted to, man. Didn't you? Wouldn't it be wonderful? I went down to Haiti. They wanted me to preach. I preached every night for seven nights, preached during the day, had this interpreter. Anybody that's ever preached to an interpreter, it's a horrible experience. You lose your momentum. You lose your rhythm. You lose everything. He doesn't even know half what you said. He's trying to ask you questions. What does that mean? And you know, how can anybody get anything out of that kind of preaching? And I was just like, oh, Lord, let me just rip loose and communicate with these folks one-to-one, eyeball-to-eyeball, please. Answer, I got an answer. No. I talked to Jimmy Swaggart, missionaries in Haiti one time when Jimmy was in his height. And he had a bunch of missionaries going all over. And Jimmy's, met two Jimmy missionaries, Swaggart, young couple, beautiful couple, like, like, like Heather and Chris. And I met them, and I said, uh, who are you? And they said, we're in a missionary. We're sent down here directly by the church. Was that in Texas? Jimmy was in Texas, the church in Texas there. And he sent him down there. And, and uh, I said, well, i got to ask you this. I said, you know, you're, you believe in speaking tongues. Absolutely. As proof of the Holy Spirit, you had to speak in tongues. And so I said, well, you spoke in tongues. you got the gift of tongues. So I'm sure that you've not had to learn Creoles. Because, man, Creole, it takes a couple, three, four, five years to get it where you speak. And I said, I'm having trouble preaching through interpreter. Man, I've asked God for I've asked God for the gift of tongues, and I haven't gotten a no on it. And he says, Well, we have to learn the language too, just like you do. Well, I said, that's not right. Now, if you got the gift of tongues, book of Acts, he spoke 17 nations, heard him in their in their native dialect. And I said, That's Bible tongues. I said, You guys get up in English in front of Americans and tell, oh, God speak in tongues. Oh, God speak in tongues. Well, let's get down. Let's do it. Oh, no, 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 no. He said, that's, that's a prayer language. Where do you get that? Well, the tongues was used to disseminate the gospel quickly so they didn't have to learn the language. So they could get up there and he could preach in 17 languages, could understand him, and they could hear the gospel. God, it was a moment of mercy that God had upon mankind, but he withdrew that once he got to the place because God wants you to work. Learn, you've had to learn language, haven't you? Have you got it yet? That's nice. Where will you be in? I want to know what esplanaza means. Okay, esplanaza means hope. So you got uh, Iglesia Bautista Esplanaza Viva. Viva's life. So it's uh, Church Baptist Hope Life, which in English would be. Living Hope Baptist Church. God bless you. It's a good name. And then I, I we're going to have one pure language. We're going to have one, one pure worship. And we're going to be, by the way, there's theories about speaking in heaven. I believe language, we may not have to actually verbalize. It may be more intuitive. It may be more, this. It, it, there's theories about people believe that you can communicate that way. There's, there's reasons in the Bible to believe that, which I won't go into. And then the last thing, this is the last one until I hit Revelation chapter 20 next week. All of this stuff that we just mentioned is going to be for eternity. You don't own something 
Now think of it this way. You do not own something you can't keep. You do not own something you can't keep. You just are borrowing it. But when God gives you something, he says you can keep it. In fact, on my word, I will give it. I have so many verses to do here. I'm not going to do them, but he's, it, it's eternal, forever, over and over and over again. It talks about being forevermore, forever. I'm just reading right out of these verses, forever, forever, everlasting. Glory to God that things will be forever. You say, well, I'd get bored. No, you won't be bored. That'll be gone. All of the negativity that sin has brought in this old world is going to be gone. And we're going to be able to serve God with a true spirit. Do you think the little amount of suffering is going to be worth it? Jesus, uh, do you think the little troubles we have out here on earth is going to be worth, worth it living for God? Well, Paul said that it was in Romans chapter 8. He said the things are so, they're not even, the suffering of my present times not even worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be. What I just taught about these last few weeks, with the glory that shall be, won't even be worthy to be compared. And I've known some people suffer horribly, and you've had to suffer a certain degree as you go down to Mexico. And all the missionaries that come by here have a certain degree of suffering, a special type of a suffering that they go to and, and go through. But brother, it will be worth every bit far beyond that I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Do you love Jesus tonight? I hope you do. Father, help us tonight. Encourage us in the way. Help us not to take any of this for granted. Oh, my Father, if there be one here without Christ tonight, may they come to us in invitation time, and may we be able to talk to them about Jesus. Father, do a work in our midst. Help us. Don't, may, God, there could be some discouraged folks here tonight. People get down. People, things get hard. The tests get long. Ooh, the nights get lonely. You wonder, can I go on? But you can. You can go on. You can. One more step. One more foot in front of the other. You can. And we're closer tonight than we were yesterday. And if you give us another day, we're closer tomorrow than we were tonight. But one day, it will be there. And we'll be looking around. And they'll say, it's real. We're here. Glory to God. Father, help us. Keep our eyes on the sky. Look on those things which are above. To focus on those things which are true and just and honest and lovely and of good report. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I am on the upward road leading to that bright abode where forever my soul shall be free. Won't that be a happy time? Heaven's bells will sweetly chime when the home gates swing open for me. Till my face shall end in sight He will lead me till safe
the sea I shall find a welcome there And a crown of glory where When the home gates swing open for me Open for me.